The question on everyone's mind, where will growth and opportunities come from in 2023? My name is Ashley. I'm here with Sebastian McMahon, our Chief Strategist and Senior Economist at IA Financial Group, as well as Marc Gagnon, Vice President, Portfolio Manager for North American Equity at IA Financial Group. Sebastien, Marc, thank you for joining us today to launch 2023. It's my pleasure, Ashley. So, Ashley, I mean, good to be back. And, you know, how to better start 2023 than with our friend Marc here. So, we had you for the last two episodes of 2022, you know, recapping the year. So, if we're to look ahead, might as well bring our Top Gun friend with us again and discuss what should be a very interesting year once again. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you're bringing me back for the tough job, though, forecasting the next year. It's always... Yeah, uh, of course. I'm, I'll just set you up here and I'll let you opine on the year. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Well, speaking of forecasting, um, you know, over the last two episodes, we recapped 2022's a tough year on multiple fronts. Um, so now it's time to discuss maybe what we can expect in 2023. So, gentlemen, where will growth come from? Yeah, and that's the $1,000 question because, you know, markets give you returns because there is economic growth. That's kind of markets 101. And economic growth it depends on four things. So there's consumption, investment, government spending, and global trade. So if we look at them very uh, quickly, so consumption, uh, which is the largest part of the economy, while the willingness and the ability to spend are both ampered. If you look at the consumer confidence surveys, uh, they're, uh, degre- they're getting worse and worse. The weight of Inflation is just, you know, eating away at spending power of households. Uh, the labor market is still strong, but what central banks are trying to do to slow down the economy is to slow down the labor market. So we should expect some weakness uh, through the year. Uh, housing prices are under correction right now. So the wealth effect of households, their willingness to spend should be ampered. So consumption, it's not likely that it's going to be, you know, being a, be a tailwind for uh, growth in 2023. Investment, we have business confidence that's still very low. Uh, The need for better productivity. Uh, Inflation is delaying some investment projects. Uh, Same thing with residential housing, of course, which is part of the investment component. So investment should not uh, be the source of growth in 2023. Uh, government spending, well, as we discussed in the uh, episodes on the uh, the recap of 2022, the experiment in the UK probably makes all governments around the world uh, maybe on the sidelines until the fight against inflation is done. And when you look at global trade, well, it's a bright spot for Canada because we export lots of commodities whose prices have risen. But, you know, will China be able to contribute to growth in 2023 with COVID zero? It's a big question mark. Uh, Europe, uh, the energy crisis over there should be a tough year for Europe next year or this year rather in 2023. So uh, where will growth come from? Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's a, it's a excellent way to I think to look at it. But uh, another way I, maybe I will introduce is I think that 2023 will be a bit like the mirror rear of 2022. I, I think that uh, it's all going to end where it started. I mean, um, Inflation is is what needs to come down. So uh, you said it. There's not a lot of growth that that's coming, but that's going to help inflation to come down, and that's that's the I think the good side of mm-hmm. of that situation. And with inflation eventually coming down, and hopefully it will settle around 
three, even maybe below, that will be perfect. Then we will have the famous, famous that we, 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 we will talk a bit about the famous pivot that we're all, we're all waiting about. So, uh, all in all, I think that, yeah, it's not going to be a great year on the economic front, but it might be a much more interesting year in terms of financial markets. Though. Yeah, of course. I mean, the economy, uh, even if it's, uh, if the scenario that we expect in 2023 comes to fruition, I mean, markets are always forward looking. And of course, when we look at asset prices today, a lot of that is already in the price. Yeah. And if I come back, though, on your vision of 2023 in terms of the economy, there may be a, a slight area where I, I'm a little different than you, let's say. It's on global trade. I think that Europe might do a little better than expected. We think uh, that the energy situation is uh, turning to be a little better, especially for natural gas. We were afraid of having significant power cuts during the winter, uh, all kind of industry, the auto industry coming to a stop. It seems that it's not going to be as worse as that. So it's, it's really positive. And another point or another aspect that I'm a little more positive and we have that discussion from time to time you know and I, I could picture us at the car you know sitting by the fire during the vacation the holiday uh, seeing us talking about that with a glass of scotch is what gonna happen to China in terms of COVID uh, and the, what I would call the great reopening mm -hmm. uh, that's something you see much later in 2023 I think that yep. the, by the summer uh, the, the most of it will be done uh, whether helping them to reopen And, and hoping not to go back to the kind of measure and, and situation they were living to the first part of 2023. And, and as you said it, you know, full circle, it's going to come back in El Canada again. So I think that, you know, having interest rate eventually come down will help also the U.S. market. But uh, Canadian market had a much better year than the U.S. in 2022. And I think that, you know, with commodities and energy, you know, being helped by the uh, resurgence of China, I think that it's going to be, again, a good year for Canada, the Canadian stock market. Yeah, good point. And what about the central bank pivot? Yeah, the, the pivot, that's the uh, that's the key to the markets in right. 2023 or 2024, because we did some work on that recently in the strategy team, uh, looking at, you know, when could central banks pivot? And, you know, just the definition of pivot here would be when central banks start cutting rates. Of course, they will be telegraphing that, but when do they effectively start to cut interest rates? And history suggests, it's not laws of physics that we're discussing here, but <laughs> yeah. this is our best guess that, Maybe it's a story for early 2024, where central banks say the fight against inflation is done. We can start cutting rates. And then when that happens, probably that's going to be the birth of a new bull market, a new economic cycle. So you're being positioned for that, positioning for the exact moment where this happens. I mean, it's more luck than skill, but that still means that being invested in 2023 for that eventual pivot, that's going to be key. Yeah, and, and I think that the bond market should could do and should do better in you know, but you know, not to the same extent that where we're gonna live when we're gonna hurt and we're first gonna start to hurt about that famous pivot. I can see that as, you know, being sitting in for my F one car and seeing all the light turning green, you know, and all with all the, the, the other parts spent on the stock markets, you know, it's gonna 
it's going to be a heck of a start. I mean, everybody will raise for uh, cyclical stocks, uh, economic-sensitive stocks that are pretty cheap. They're not going to wait to see the earnings coming back. They know that this will be coming. They're just going to take position and take position and keep buying. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be the best part of the rally. The best returns will come from those days. Mm-hmm. Those days that when you were looking around at the real economy, it's going to be as bad as it has been the last three or six months. And then you come back home and you hear on the news that it's been a great day on the stock market. Mm-hmm. And you're going to think once again, you know, what all these investors, what, what, in what planet are they living? Mm-hmm. We're just <laughs> living in a planet six months and ahead of, you know, the real economy. Yeah. And that's that's the interesting part of that job, I guess. Yeah. And you know the the, the old the old uh, saying that it's uh, time in the markets rather than timing the markets. That's key for investors. Absolutely, absolutely. And so now, what can we expect for the markets? So next, maybe I'll start with the bond market, and I'll yep. let maybe uh, Mark, uh, the expert here on the stock market. So the bond market had a terrible year in 2022 because interest rates were at rock bottom at the start of the year, and now they're the highest since. 2007, 2008, depending you know, on what bond uh, you're looking at. So interest rates rising mean the price of bonds goes lower. So the year was terrible for bonds, but now if you have you know, a coupon of about 4%, depending on where, where you, you invest along the curve, well, bonds are interesting. So as part of the portfolio, they, do, they will do their job if there's an economic slowdown and you get a good coupon. So the bond market is a good place to be invested. The stock market, just for a macro perspective, the valuations now are cheaper than they were last year. The stock market in the U.S., Wall Street, that's still middle of the road. It's not you know cheap, but not expensive. The TSX, on the other hand, is very cheap compared to its own history and other markets. So, Mark, the TSX, you see good uh, good opportunities there, I suppose. Yeah, we we, we see good opportunities. Like a big question is is as you said, how much is pricing already in 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 those earnings that are are slowly, but uh, already started to decrease. Uh, they are down 6%. When we talk about 2023 earnings, they're already readjusted down 6%. Is it enough? That's the big question. So when, uh, you know, I was reading someone that was mentioning, oh, in the last three recessions, they were down 35%. But I thought to myself, wait a minute, we had the uh, the, the tech bubble burst, mm-hmm. we had the Great Recession. Uh, are we talking about, you know, and there were the crisis in Europe? And so I think that what we're going to is much a little more like 1994 when we had the kind of uh, inflation surge and, and uh, central bank intervention. Rates, uh, short-term rates went up by about 3%. We're mm-hmm. already at three and a quarter probably going to finish close to four and a half, five. Mm-hmm. So let's say a little worse than 1994. And by the, at that time, profit went down 9%. Wow. So yeah. we're down six, maybe nine to go. Well, maybe a little more, like I said. So let's say between 10 and 15. So a good part mm-hmm. of it is almost half is already in that market if I follow that that framework. So how do we adjust for that? Right now in the portfolio, we're a bit prudent. We're looking for good companies, companies that execute, that are very solid management that know with experience that can, you know, uh, uh, drive the, the company in that kind of market. Uh, we have uh, some defensive too. And slowly as the, the year will, will start, we'll move slowly but surely into the cyclical, especially the most 
value one, if I can say, the cheapest mm-hmm. one, where I know that valuation won't go down a lot more than what it is, where earnings uh, forecasts are already reflecting uh, difficult times. And uh, as soon as the market will pick up, you know, I, I hope to benefit from those companies and I will continue to add to them. So, you know, we're at IAIM, we're at about 160 investment professionals. So, so leave the market timing to us, but spend time <laughs> as investors, spend time in the markets. Don't worry. I mean, at some point, the bottom will happen and you don't want to miss the rebound. Absolutely. And do we have any suggestions for reading for those who would like to maybe get a head start on the year? Sure. Maybe I could start with, you know, a book I've been recommending for a while, The, the House of Morgan. You know, I like biographies. I love to read about the history of things. And this is the history of the bank, J.P. Morgan, but through the history, the, the, the biographies of the founder, J.P. Morgan, the father, after that, his son, Jack, all the way to today. So you learn about kind of the birth of the American American supremacy on the economic side. So it's a very interesting read, The House of Morgan by Ron Chernow. Very interesting. I uh, would go with a more generic uh, suggestion. I would suggest uh, everyone to read about geopolitics uh, a little more as an investor and, and, and not that the economic aspect of geopolitics, really at the geopolitics itself, like a game of power. And, and I think that several events in 2003 could, uh, you know, several surprises could be on that front i'm going to view a couple of i'm going to give you a couple of examples uh the first one is pretty obvious other the war in ukraine will unfold mm-hmm. but uh i don't know if you've seen but right now there's uh the iran government the iran uh, people in power are, are kind of shake a bit uh, shake uh, these days so maybe we're gonna have a surprise uh, uh there What will be the ambition of China regarding Taiwan is another thing that I think it's quite important to to keep on his radar. So don't hesitate to read about those things because they will influence uh, how the economy and all the financial markets will evolve. And, and I agree, it's not always about the economics. It's about you know the, the historical perspective, mm-hmm. the uh, psychological perspective, the anthropological perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, Being a diversified reader pays off. And when we talk about Putin, it was all about human behavior, you know, his pride and his vision of what Russia is. It was not more than that. It was... It's, a lot of people agree that it was even not rational, but you, you know, how do you, f- how do you account for that in a portfolio? How do you account for that in, in today's life? Yeah, you know? So, like for Putin, the, the historians talking about the legacy that Putin wants to put in place, exactly. they were yeah. more right than the economists. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Hmm, very well said. And I think there's also the Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham that yeah. could be. Yeah, if your thing is security analysis and you yeah. want to be good at stock picking, I mean, it's always top of the list for you know anyone's career. Curriculum. Right, right. So if any of our listeners have any other suggestions, uh, please share with us. We'd love to learn more and tune into what you like. And if you haven't done so already, uh, we invite you to go listen to our In Your Interest podcast for the 2022 recap, which was done in two episodes. And uh, thank you so much, Sebastien and Marc. It was once again very interesting. Thank you and have a good year as an investor, everyone else. Yeah, we wish you tremendous uh, returns for 2023 and uh, thank you for having me. Love this podcast? Want to know more about economic news? Follow our In Your Interests podcast, available on all platforms. 
visit the Economic News page on IA.ca or follow us on social media.